You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons Podcast. You can visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Welcome, friends. Uh, Welcome to our friends who are on Zoom. I'm Bill White. I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, and we're super glad to gather together on this this Memorial Day weekend, and uh, just... It's just good to have folks in the house. Um, and, yeah, I just, I think of that song, and, and there's a sense, right, that we're all wanderers. And we've all gotten lost. And we're all sorrowing. And we all have shame. And the good news of Christ is that we've not gone too far. That there is healing. There is hope. And there's a home. There's a table. You get to sit at the table and taste the grace again today. So welcome. Uh, We are very glad to be with you. Um, Our vision as a church is to be a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And we're glad to do that together. Uh, We want to pray for our kiddos. We have a gaggle of kids here today. So Megan Clendenning, if you would welcome Megan as she comes and prays over these kids, pray for your own strength um, for the kids' ministry time. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Would you pray with me? Dear God, I thank you so much for this day and for all the kids here today and those with us on Zoom. I just pray that they all know how much you love them, and I pray for a safe and healthy summer for everyone and that they have the best time and that uh, I pray for patience and happiness for the parents and caregivers of um, our kiddos, and I pray for this school, this community, and the whole world for all the children. So thank you, and in your name we pray, amen. (laughs) Amen. Kiddos, if you want kids through elementary school, get to go hang out with Megan and Megan and the team, which will be lots of Megans today, so it should be fun. Uh, As the kids head out, would you guys welcome up with Bill and I, our friend Rob Kuntzman. Yes, you are all going to meet him. He is a special guest here this morning. And hey, if I haven't met some of you yet, my name is Brenna Rubio. I'm one of, I'm the other co-pastor here at City Church. Okay, Bill got it. <laughs> it looked a little, yeah, I was about to offer help, but I didn't want to, you know, freak Bill out too much. Um, yes, okay. I got to tell you guys, this morning, you are basically all um, going to sit and listen to the sermon that I wanted to hear. This is a very selfish morning, I admit it. Uh, so Rob, Rob is actually an un, sort of an unknown, unseen figure here at City Church because Rob has been Bill's best friend for a couple decades. Amazing, it's true. In fact, I think we might have a picture up here. <laughs> That's when Rob had hair. (laughs) (laughs) And because of this, Rob is actually quoted at least once a month here at City Church. You might not always know it. You might sometimes think that Bill is like quoting from lots of different friends who have spoken into his life. And sometimes that's true. Friends who have messed up their lives and, you know, those things. Yeah, right. It's always this one. But it's often, often Rob. Um, And so we have been in a sermon series for the last few weeks now, and it's gonna go a little bit longer, all about friendship, particularly drawn from um, the, the friendship that 
Timothy has, or sorry, that Paul has with his young protege, Timothy, uh, in the book of 2 Timothy, named, obviously, uh, for that relationship. And, uh, and so I heard that Rob was willing to potentially come up and co-preach with Bill, and they had a particular topic uh, lined up, and I was like, no, 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 that's not the sermon that I want to hear. <laughs> if we have Rob up here, I want to hear about what it looks like to sustain a friendship that goes over decades. I want to hear how that works, because I'm going to be honest with you guys. Some of you, as you listen to Rob and Bill talk about their friendship, you're going to have in mind your own sort of ride or die friendships, right? Those people that you share vacations with and you call in the middle of the night. And if you need somebody to help you bury the body, they're there. And that's who these guys are. And you know those people. And so as you listen, you're going to be bringing those people into the conversation. You're going to be thinking, yep, like that, or, oh, we do it a little bit differently, or, you know, but you're going to get it. And others of you, I want to let you know, you're going to be a little bit more like me in the conversation. And you're going to be thinking, this has always been hard for me. Whether it's because of personality or circumstances, it's hard to develop those friendships. And actually, I think as we listen, we'll probably hear that from these guys too. It's hard to develop those friendships. And, and even for me, I would say very vulnerably, I'm at a point of life where the friendships that I have done that work in, a lot of it's shifting and it's really uncomfortable and it's challenging right now. And so I'm anticipating that as I listen, there's actually gonna be a little bit of an ache. There's gonna be a little bit of it bringing up, yeah, this is hard. I wish I had this right now. And I'm anticipating that God is gonna meet me in the ache. And for those of you like me, I'm praying God's gonna meet you in that ache as well, because we were actually designed for this, but it's not easy. So that is the hope for this morning and the sermon that Brenna wants to hear. <laughs> and you're all invited in. So guys, tell us, you know, how did this friendship start? How'd you meet? How did it all get started? Uh, so like four decades ago, uh, literally in 1986, um, we were part of this Christian group at a college back east where we both went. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm like Christian nerd and he's like really Christian nerd, but the rest of the group was like, I, I don't know. They're like- It's a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, it was like game-changing Christian nerds. And so there was really wow. not a lot of, I mean, I was a lonely guy, uh, still am in so many ways. And so I'm like, I don't know, how about him? It's kind of, I don't know, is that- yeah, I think for me, you know, we were 18 years old and uh, at this, oops, sorry, at this uh, retreat for how long? It seemed like, like forever. Like a and month or something. I felt if I had to stand up and hold hands and sing one more praise chorus, I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> it was snowing out. Yep. And there were, there were no games no no there was nothing there was only like like sheets of like kumbaya verses yes like that's all they had stacked around the room and so there was no balls or anything so we i we actually found a uh a, a toiletries kit uh that extra toiletries kit and we went out into the snow and we played football and uh it was brown it looked like a football <laughs> yeah yeah it's a little clinky yeah 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 and it was one-on-one -on -one football in the snow and uh you know he got a little bloody um and in, lost in victory 
<laughs> anyway, we see that one a little differently, but uh, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of seeing things differently. Yes, yes. I've been correcting you ever since. <laughs> um, and that picture that we saw, was that at somebody's wedding? That was at somebody's wedding. That was, I think that was yours. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like, so, you know, got married. Our wives went into medical school at the same time in different states. We haven't lived together in the same state since college. Um, and I had kids about the same time. And, and so there were a lot of similarities um, along, along the way. Yeah, a lot of ways to compare notes and compare joys and heartaches and, yeah. and share those across the miles. Were we going to tell the wedding story here? Or is that we're going to save that one? Uh, well, I mean, I, I can tell you from my perspective, uh, I, uh, I'm considered by my family and, and by everyone who knows everyone you. who knows me to be a cheapskate, a tightwad. And so Bill, Bill, I think Bill had the idea that for a wedding present for each other, we were um, 24. We were children. Yes, we were. And uh, we would pray for each other every day for a year for our marriage. And he was like, how and, much money does that cost? <laughs> so I thought it was the perfect gift for uh, for each other because I didn't have to pay anything. And so that was, I think, the beginning of some commitment and constancy around uh, committing to one another uh, toward our marriage and toward our relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's how it started. That's pretty fun. And we're going to hear how it unfolds. But before we do that, would you guys welcome up with me our friend Denya, Denya Bradshaw. She's going to come and read a very short scripture for us. So welcome. I'm going to grab your microphone. Bill, can I steal that? Um, and if you are able and you'd like to rise in honor of the reading of God's word. Thank you, Denya. Yeah, and you can also do it from up here too if you want. Okay, 2 Timothy 2, 22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Denya. Um, yeah, so this is really, this verse encapsulates, so you have this um, kind of instruction, this encouragement from Timothy, I'm sorry, from Paul speaking to Timothy, so a friend talking to a friend about how to do this friendship thing and to do it in ways that build you up. Um, and as soon as I read this verse, the first thing that jumps out at me is like, yeah, yeah, okay, flee evil desires, pursue the good stuff. You know, that's just kind of standard, but then do it with others along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And obviously that's what we're talking about today. And it's also the part to me that automatically creates a few triggers. Like, how do you do that? How do you invite people into your life and um, not have a little bit of just kind of fear about what they're gonna do when they're in there, right? Like, if I tell you this thing, you know, if I if I expose myself to you, what will you do when I do that? And there's this this cost benefit risk reward relationship. And so I just I would love to hear about how did you guys how do you start developing that with each other? How do you navigate that? And you're still like here and still like each other four decades later. 
That's presumptuous. <laughs> we're just stuck with each other, right? I mean, I, th I think there's honestly a, a piece of just luck or, you know, really God's grace um, that you, and there's some, you know, you take some chances, right? You're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try that. I'll try this person. I'll try that person and, and kind of get a sense. Um, you know, there was a there was a key moment early on. So we decided to, to live together our sophomore year in college. Uh, there weren't not a lot of other good options. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, and, and which in and of itself is a risk, right? I mean, it's like, imagine asking someone from church out to coffee, like just to like get to know them. Like that's awkward, right? It's a little weird. It's risky. And, you know, like, are you presuming that they're going to be your best friend or what? Like, you know, and, and so in college, it kind of felt like well, that's a big risk to ask someone to live with you, but you got to live with somebody. So, oh, well, I guess why not you? Um, and and that year, my long term girlfriend from this is in October, my long term girlfriend from high school broke up with me and she well, she she called me up. She, she called me up. She said, hey, I'm coming to campus. I live 10 hours away from home. She's like, I'm coming to campus to see my new boyfriend like how, where did you meet him the last time you came up to see me like, I mean, like it was it was not a good day for me and so I literally it was like was it like two in the morning about two in the morning about two in the morning I'm just bawling in my room and I don't, did you hear like I don't, how could you not <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I'm sure I, in a dignified manner, invited Rob to share my grief. Yes, and I went in there to try and get you to stop crying so I could go to sleep. It was awful. So I had to tell him the whole, you know, when you tell the story, it's, you know, you know, and he was outraged appropriately, you know, as he should have been. Um, but it, it was this incredibly vulnerable moment, right? Inviting someone into your tears, like, I'm not very good at crying. And, and uh, I don't, I think it might've been you who offered, he said, well, why don't we, why don't I pray for you? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, I think it was born out of uh, a crisis, right? Uh, and that sometimes is the opportunity that presents itself. And we sort of stumbled into this uh, practice then of, of praying for each other regularly together. Yeah, so each night when we went to bed, we would pray for each other all, all the way through college. And so now um, we'll, I mean, he, he just got in town this morning and tonight before we go to bed, we'll pray with each other. Like it's just sort of what we do, you know, but the, I mean, I think, but there's some risk and vulnerability in that. Um, and I think, I think part of it is, is just showing up, you know, you just, you just show up, you just spend time. You know, you're not, and you're not, you know, I, I wasn't sure he was going to be my best friend. Um, but, you know, on his 25th birthday, I arranged with his wife to jump out of a box. Uh, he was, he was in, he was in Vermont and he comes down the stairs. This is like mid, I don't know. It's 11 o'clock at night. And my <laughs> wife, I don't know if she got me out of bed or she just said, you know, it's getting ready for bed. And, and she said, I got, I finally got your present for you. And she's got this big box in the middle of the living room. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells me to open it. So I walk up and I pull and he just leaps out. As you might imagine. And I, I about wet myself and, and yeah, it was a great surprise. It was, uh, it was just a, a really, you know, obvious 
declaration of, of commitment and, yeah. and care to yeah. be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say, so there are certain things that you do in church that you don't find yourself like doing in normal places, like showing up and singing. Like how many of you on a regular basis, like just like saying out loud with other people it doesn't happen all that often, right? I just think, especially let's be honest, like two white men, like developing this kind of friendship where they jump out of boxes for each other. <laughs> In, in normal heterosexual relationships amongst men, as I've noticed them, it doesn't happen that often. And it's kind of beautiful, right? To kind of say like, this is a space where we're gonna develop some intimacy and take some risks that otherwise we're not always invited into. It's kind so of on, on the morning of my 50th birthday, Rob calls me to say happy birthday. We're having a nice conversation. There's a knock at the door. And I said, hold on a second. I opened the door and he's standing there on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he'd flown out from Indiana to, you know, to say happy birthday. Yeah, at age 50, we weren't jumping out of boxes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I, you know, I think along with that, there are moments that, uh, that I remember that Rob doesn't, um, which is strange because I don't have a great memory, but I do write everything down so I review my life. Um, and so probably, when, you, when was the canoe? Oh, it was probably... 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So we're probably, no, it was before Montana. Okay. It's 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. Come on, get your timing right. <laughs> so maybe 20 years ago, um, I'm, I'm in Indiana and we're, no, it's, I don't know when it was because you weren't in Indiana 20 years ago. Anyway, <laughs> we're on a canoe on a lake in Indiana. I'm sure of that. And, uh, and Rob says to me, he says, you know, uh, you haven't been very available recently. You know, I've been calling and I've left a few messages and you, you haven't called back. And I just thought I'd, I'd bring that up. Hmm. And, you know, we haven't, I mean, we have conflict, but I hate being called on the carpet. Uh, it's amazing that I'm still co-pastoring with Lana Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Because she has this superpower of healthy conflict, but but there are those moments, right? So a lot of it is just showing up, but then part of it is is not just showing up, but then asking the hard question and saying the hard thing. Uh, and you know, I had to recalibrate. Like, do I want this friendship? What do I? Why am I presenting like I don't? Am I scared of something? What would it look like to re-up? Mm. Yeah, I think we both have had to make steps where we're trying to be. Uh, not only available for one another but listening carefully to one another and letting one another teach us and show us things that we need to hear i was driving down this morning uh to to get here and i i called my wife because i've been thinking about this for a few days uh what i was going to say and i said you know what are the ways in which uh you know it's hard for bill uh what does he have to put up with with me and she said to me well what have you come up with and i said I really don't know. Did she have some suggestions? Well, she said, there you go. <laughs> For 40 years, I've put up with that. So, right, you see what I'm saying? But, but one of the things that then she helped me recognize, uh, among many things, uh, Bill is a feeler. Uh, Bill needs affirmation and needs a lot of relational uh, investment and contact and uh, one of the things that he's helped me to be mindful of over the years is that my wife needs that too. 
and that that's something that isn't always necessarily my go-to inclination. Uh, I'm not as mindful of it. And for 40 years, he's been making sure that I'm thoughtful about that and mm -hmm. asking in, in ways both gentle and direct, uh, what are you doing in that, in that area? He's actually learned how to hug. <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> Zoom, if you didn't hear that, the instruction was prove it. <laughs> so good. I mean, <laughs> but I'm listening to you guys and I'm thinking like, this, even just the whole idea of a pure heart. We can't do that without like actually getting in touch with your heart. And it sounds like your friendship, like you've had to challenge each other to do that. To actually dial in sometimes when you don't even want to. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure. Um, because the truth is neither of us has a particularly pure heart. Um, and the more you face that, like that's part of the journey. You know, I, you know, for me, I have a lot of ways that I think people should live and do their stuff. I mean, I'm a pastor. It's my job to like tell people what to do. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think particularly the, the early years, it, you know, I think it was hard for Rob because I had very clear expectations of what his spiritual life should look like. And so, you know, I was disappointed that he didn't pray a certain way or have his quiet times a certain, you know, length or whatever it was. And I think that, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with the admonition, you know, along with those who call on the Lord from pure heart, because I'm like, I, I do think part of it is like, you figure out, man, my heart's not that pure. Mm -hmm. And I am kind of controlling. And, um, you know, I mean, at least I'm not prideful. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't no. know what do you but I guess you say that right because this is sort of like Bill from you know a few decades ago right before you got humbled a little bit right you used to be the pastor who was way up there top of the top of the heap you know kind of all the privilege none of the questions none of the doubts right in a lot of ways and and so it sounds like you brought that in. So you had some definite ideas about what it meant for Rob to flee the bad stuff and pursue the good stuff. How'd you handle that, Rob? Well, you know, I think, I think again, it's trying to listen and, and hear, first of all, what the wisdom is within that, uh, but also to be able to be honest and to be willing to say, this is who I am. And, and I think that's part of what has grown over the years, especially, and that I value as much as anything is, is that uh, ultimately, you know, Bill gives me grace and Bill uh, holds me accountable and he asks me tough questions, but he also gives me grace and lets me be who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we, we grow with over the years. You know, I, I've known Bill uh, long before he became a pastor. I don't see Bill as a pastor. I don't ask him questions as a pastor. Uh, I don't even think he's qualified for this work. <laughs> um, and it's really healthy for Bill to have you in his life because of that. That's right? what he needs. That's what he needs. And so I think it's trying to, you know, be mindful of what the other needs and to, to seek the best for one another, you know, to, yeah. to me to have that security and to know that when he's asking me those questions, that's what he's after. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, so what, six, seven, uh, eight years ago, I guess it was eight now. Um, I guess it was 10 when, when I knew that my son was gay. Um, which was not how I expected my life to go or my children to grow up. 
um, you know, I, I came from a uh, religious background that had not a lot of space for that. And so it absolutely um, disoriented me. And I, I mean, everything was on the table. I, I was sad. I mean, I, and, and for my friends here who are queer, like, you know, I love you. And I don't mean this in any way to, to harm anyone, but just my own journey was like, it's not what I expected. And so it was really hard. It was super hard for me as a dad. Uh, and so I had a lot of conversations with Rob. Like, what, how do I do this? You know, so I, so for example, you know, so I knew Timothy was gay about 18 months before he did. Uh, we're, we've always been super close. And so like, what do I do? How do I, you know, what do I say to him? What do I not? How do I, you know, and he ended up coming out later, wanted to give him space and all that. But um, I mean, I mean, how many times did we talk about mm -hmm. what, how this whole idea of, of, you know, Paul uses religious language, like, you know, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith and love. Like, what that means is, how do you parent? <laughs> how do you love your son? How do you flee the evil things you could do so easily to harm him? Right? And you got to do it with somebody else, because I had no idea. And, and the only thing I'll add is that there's no expertise in my role in that. There's no deep insight, necessarily. It's about listening, asking questions, and being there, showing up. And to the extent that we've done that for each other, that's been, I think, as important as anything. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a metaphor that I read for parenting once that I wonder if it kind of applies for friendship too. There's this sense of providing that there are times where you're the wall that your child needs to kick off of. Like you provide that, that resistance, right, that they actually need. And, and there's almost like a, a, a creating that those boundaries, that healthy space for the other person to struggle, to kick off, to feel where they are in space. And you get to do that for each other and try not to interfere too much with the process, right? Because Bill's got to go on his journey, but you've actually got a role to play just by being there and responding and loving and holding safe space, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, that, I mean, changed my life. I mean, I my son will tell you how grateful he is that I have a best friend. Hmm. So, you know, and I know I have heard, um, yeah, as Bill mentioned, he and I occasionally get into conflict. Um, and it's actually a pretty common, like on a bad one, like if, if there's one that's a little harder, a little rougher. Like, that, like this last one? Like a lot of recent one that we had, that when we come, when Bill comes back, you know, to rediscuss with me, um, what we a conversation we'd sort of up opened up that he might say something like well I talked with Rob right and don't you guys have these like I mean my closest friendships are the ones that you go to and and of course you know that like Rob might say something like yeah you got to go apologize to her <sighs> that's exactly what he said I was I'm like why why are you on her side what happened to be my friend but but we know that those are the friendships that when we go and we complain about, you know, our coworker or our partner or our, and we, we talk that they, they'll give all the, oh, uh -huh, uh -huh, and they'll also tell us when we were a jerk. Because that's how they're for us, right? Those friendships that they will be honest and they will give the pushback 
when we need it as well. And, and that's, that's part of the process, right? So closing question, but I mean, this is a very active verse. I mean, it's do this stuff, flee it, pursue it, do it with others. Like, what does it look like to keep making that choice? I mean, you've been making choices for each other for four decades now to say, we are going to, I'm going to, I'm committed to this friendship. What is that? What does that look like for you? And then for all of you, as you listen, remember, it may not look like that for you, but what would the choices be? How do you choose for friendship that would help you grow? I think one of the things that Bill is particularly inclined toward is structure and <laughs> intentionality. And one of the ways in which that has actually been a real blessing to our friendship is that he has been very uh, focused every time we get together on making sure we have questions, specific questions to ask each other, to talk about different topics. Uh, and, and, he, and he wants to make sure before we show up that we actually have, have thought about what those are. And we do the same thing when our families get together and everyone shares and talks. And uh, Katie writes them down in a journal and, and uh, has got, got a record of all of them over the years because uh, she likes structure too. Uh, and, and I think that that intentionality uh, has been a really helpful layer of depth uh, to provide over the years where, you know, we, we get together, um, we enjoy, we play games, we have fun, uh, but there's also a sense that we want to make sure we invest in that time as well. So what it'll look like, so if our families get together, we always make sure that the four adults, although now all the kids are adults, but um, that the, the four old people, <laughs> that we go out for dinner and we'll always have a question like, for example, how have you changed most in the last 10 years? Or what big job change do you anticipate before retirement? Or, you know, whatever. I mean, a thousand different questions. We went, we went to Montana, we had a... Uh, we decided how we we convinced our wives that we needed a, a preemptive midlife crisis trip at age 40 just to make sure we didn't have one you know has that worked it was awesome they gave okay. it to us um, but it, but has it worked oh, oh uh it, i don't know I, we neither, weren't really neither of us bought a sports car afterwards <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah and we so we went to montana and spent five days playing board games but we had literally like a whole page of questions right assigned out for you know morning and afternoon and evening to to talk through because it's like i want to i want to grow i want to i want to i need a best friend and i want to be a best friend and it's it's going to be hard work and so let's do it and we always tried to get you know that stuff done earlier so then we could just play a lot of board games mm. it was fun okay but so rob the way you intro this is this is bill's it's a gift that he brings it's his style it's what the your, only style. <laughs> what would your style be? Like, what have you brought to the friendship? Well, so I guess what I would say is that as I think about the, the type and quality of friendships that I have, the, 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 the depth that, that my friendship with Bill brings around asking questions and being very intentional is something I cherish. I don't think it's the only model of friendship, and I don't think, sorry, and I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's the only way that friendships bless yeah. us, obviously. And so, you know, to me, the core of it is to show up, to be available, mm -hmm. and to seek the best for the other. Mm -hmm. and, and there are different ways that that can happen. And I think that, you know, we give each other room to make that happen in, in our friendship, but, but I think that um, we need to give ourselves grace to have different shapes and kinds of friendship as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I know, Bill, you talk about a constellation of mentors. A lot of us have a constellation of friendships as well, right? And we have certain friendships that like they excel in this way and certain friendships that excel in another. And I mean, just to allow ourselves, right? That one friendship doesn't have to meet all of our particular needs. Yeah. That so is very that, true. Yeah, lots of, a lot of different kinds of ways to be friends, so. Yeah, so good. Can we thank Bill and Rob for giving us a little history? Uh, so I don't know what you got from that. I'm so curious to hear later, but the desire is for us each to think like, God made us for this. It looks all sorts of different ways, but that ache that we do have to be connected, to do this life things with others, that's a God-given ache. We're made to be in relationship, even as God, God's self is in relationship. God honors that desire in our heart. And so just an encouragement, what does that look like for you today? I'm thinking for myself uh, of someone who recently, I went out to coffee for one thing, and afterwards I was like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like a kid, but I just decided to go with it. And I texted afterwards, like, I have to tell you that was fun and I like you. And should we do it again sometime? Um, and she said, yes, which is such a relief. Um, and then we're both busy people with lives and we haven't actually made it happen. I feel motivated. I'm like, yes, I want to keep developing those friendships and I'm willing to take some risks. What is it for you? I don't know but I know God honors the desire. I think our friend Lewis uh, is gonna come up